We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity, a podcast celebrating generosity at work. Not financial giving, giving valuable time, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our guest today is global diversity, inclusion, and belonging leader, a sought-after speaker, and a leadership business consultant. Maureen Green-James leads the FTI Consulting's effort to attract, retain, and develop diverse talent and maintain an inclusive culture. She plays a pivotal role in creating and leading the diversity, inclusion, and belonging strategy in partnership with the firm's executive committee and segment leadership globally. Maureen is a proud mom, sister, wife, daughter, aunt, friend, animal lover, especially dogs, career coach, BIND executive and champion, small business owner, and in the words of Maya Angelou, she's a quote, phenomenal woman, just like most, if not all, of the women she knows. Welcome, Maureen. Hello, Shannon. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you for being here. I've been so looking forward to this. Same. I'm really looking forward to learning more about this new career chapter in your life Mm -hmm. and your take on generosity at work. So why don't we start with the FTI, the very fortunate organization that now has you on board. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk about FTI, right? So I joined uh, FTI in late September, and I'm the Global Vice President of Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging. Um, It is a phenomenal role, and it's a really great opportunity to work with one of the finest consulting establishments globally. My work is based on really creating a work environment that is inclusive, where everybody feels valued and respected and heard. And it's a, it's a place where people want to grow, they want to develop, they want to succeed. So I'm excited to be able to bring my years of expertise in this space to this organization. Um, thankful, humble, blessed that they've offered me the opportunity to do so. I work with a wonderful team globally who's also equally as passionate as all of the people to really move some things forward in this space for the organization. You joined the organization in September, so this is like mid-pandemic. Yeah, yes it is. Yeah, it's very interesting because, you know, I went through the entire interview process and never met anyone truly face-to-face. And now I'm working with my team and with, you know, many other people in the organization who I continue to meet new people every day. And I have no idea when I'll see them face-to-face. I honestly don't feel like I've missed a beat. Like I still feel like um, I have the opportunity to build great relationships. I am sure that a huge percentage of that is just based on the people that I am meeting and connecting with and collaborating with every day as well. And you've already found ways to create that space, I'm sure, for belonging and listening and all of those really important ways in which we connect with people. What would you say led you to a career specialty? I mean, you're a human resources executive for many years, but what what would you say led you to this, this area of diversity, inclusion, and belonging? I don't think it's any one thing, right? I think it's um, 
I think it's, you know, everybody has different experiences and those experiences create their perspectives and their thinking on things. So I think it's a number of things. So intersectionality reigns through every component of who I am. Yeah. Um, so I said, you said I'm all those things like mom, wife, sister, dog, love, all of those things, right? Yes. But I am also a first generation West Indian American. So both of my parents are born in the West Indies. My dad's from Jamaica. My mother was from Nevis. So I'm the first to be born here in the United States. And that in and of itself brings different perspectives on the way I see things, the way I grew up, where I grew up, all of those things. I think it's recognizing um, the threads of the different components of my life and my experiences and the people who have poured into me and their perspectives that have really allowed me to think more broadly about what the importance of inclusion is mm-hmm. um, and how to create that sense of belonging for all of us, for people like me who have all these other um, perspectives that are culminated into this one body, right? Like yes. what does belonging look like for that one individual that has all this other stuff going on? Yes. And so I think when I, when I think about all of that, that's really kind of what got me here. It's, it's what made me interested in this work. Um, and I have been moving my career and navigating my career through this work over the past, I would say, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years in various leadership and HR roles. Yeah. And so what is it like for you to hear so much emphasis on diversity, inclusion, and belonging now when this is something you've been prioritizing, learning about, focused on, leading for the past decade or more? Um, what I would say to that is we're so overdue and it's about time, right? I think that we would have arrived here at some point. And, and to your point, we have been doing this work. We have been talking about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there have been um, things that have transpired over the past year, because we all know 2020 has been one heck of a year. And I think that there have been things that have happened during this year and even before then that have really gotten us to this place that have really um, allowed people's eyes to be open for people to hear and not just hear, but listen to the voices of other people and really um, engage in what it is they have to say and understand their experience. I think people today, um, they really want to know. That's why we ask these questions. That's why we have things as, you know, in organizations today, um, you'll see, you know, companies and leaders within the organizations having these distinctive dialogues or courageous conversations, whatever it is, you know, you like to call them. Yes, just listening. And it's a phenomenal platform for people to really um, they feel that they have the space to speak and say what they need to say, what they really want you to know. Mm-hmm. And it's a phenomenal space for the leaders and everybody else who's engaged in that conversation, really. Yeah. So I, I, I think that we would have gotten here at some point in time. I feel like it's been accelerated, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of happy that it has, even though I may not at all be happy with the incidents and things that have gotten us to this point. Um, I'm happy that we're at this place now. And so it's our role as human beings. So when I say our, I mean ours as humans Mm -hmm. to really take this forward and to do something with it, 
to make something of it. If we were going to look at things like a yin yang, like, you know, two sides of stuff, I think with all of the pain and turmoil and sadness and loss from this year, like if we can really lean into the hope and the, the vision for what could be, I think that is a light that could get us through it. Sometimes things have to be bad enough that we say yes. no more, never yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What are some mm-hmm. ways that you have witnessed and participated in generosity at work? Mm, that's a great question. So for me, you know, when I think about generosity at work, I think um, two things. One, who's been generous to me in my life? Um, and then two, who can I pay that forward to? So when I think about me and who's been generous to me, it's been a a multitude of individuals. It's been, you know, people in my family. It's been people that I work with. It's been, you know, um, a leader at an organization who once said to me, um, you know, Maureen, there's a role that's open within the Office of Diversity. I'm not sure what it all entails, but I know that because you've expressed an interest in this area, I'm sharing it with you. I don't want to lose you. I don't want to see you move on. But I know this is something that you'd be interested in. So that's somebody who's poured into me, who is very generous, right, with his words, with his actions and helping me develop and grow to get to the point of having that conversation with me and allowing me to consider that for myself. And I did. And I moved into a new role. That individual is the person that I think about most often, but there have been so many others. He's just the most recent example, right? It's, it's one of those things that while it happened years ago, I never forget it. See how easily I really talk about it like it happened five minutes ago. Right. I never forget it. And so if I ever have any opportunity to do the same for someone else or with someone else, I'm, I'm there. You know, when I think about generosity and and leadership generosity and paying that forward, paying it forward at work, it's all of those things. It's remembering that at the end of the day, I didn't get here by myself. You know, none of us did. And does he know what an integral role he has played in your career? Absolutely. We kept in touch over the years, tell him about, you know, where I am and and what I'm what I'm doing, because it was just important for me that he knew he was the driver behind all of that. He's really helped to create me. That experience has created a whole perspective for me about having gratitude at work. Yeah. Totally. And paying it forward. You like having people like him in your spirit, right? Cause like, yeah. Even when you're out of your comfort zone and you're doing something like that role at that time, that was something you hadn't done before. Like, you know, you were learning still. I was learning. But you yeah. had somebody who believed in you. Yeah. And do you know how huge that is? So yeah. And not everybody has that, which is the other component of paying it forward. You know, you see people coming along and they may not be coming along at the pace they think they should be or would like to be because they really do think that no one believes in them. What do you think are some things that you have given others? I mean, you mentioned one that somebody had given you, which was Mm -hmm. an idea and opportunities. You know, what are some things that you've identified that you give to others? Yeah, so I think... One of the things I give to others um, is really the confidence to be more today than you were yesterday. Um, So, you know, I have a good friend of mine who now has her own social media marketing um, company. 
And, but when I first met her, you know, she was working for a company and, you know, she liked what she was doing, but she wasn't really passionate about it. And, you know, she was telling me how she's planning on going on her own. And I literally didn't know her. I, I met her at like this networking event. And I said, oh, well, you know, think about it. You should. So what have you started? Do you have things in place? What's your business plan? All of these things. And literally I'm having this conversation with her and like during the first meeting and then meetings afterwards. And I'm not having the conversation with her, Shannon, because I think, you know, she needs me to tell her this. She doesn't even know me. It's just natural to me. And so long story short, she went off, she started her own company. It's been, I think this is her sixth year. And she always, you know, says, you know, I'm so thankful that we met and you encouraged me to be able to move on. And I really, truly believe based on what she was telling me that she wanted to do, but she needed some encouragement to just step out of her comfort zone and make that happen. So you listened and you were curious. I think Mm -hmm. that's generous too. Just like finding people interesting and wanting to dig in and understand a little more And then you also recognized her potential and you believed in her, gave her the gift of accountability, coaching her, giving her like follow-up. What are some observations you have about leaders who are really generous or maybe even using the example of people who you would say aren't being generous? Certainly in my new role, I see generosity happening all day, every day. Um, prior to me arriving at FTI, there are a number, there were a number of niches that are still going on that are all focused on driving an agenda around diversity, inclusion, and belonging. And like I said, that's something that comes from the top down and across the organization, which is phenomenal. Um, but there are people within the business segments who are really just taking this to heart, who really just said, we're going to do this together. We're going to work to create an inclusive culture throughout the organization. And that speaks volumes to me. And I'm not talking about like small numbers of people. And these are people at all levels across the organization. It was clearly obvious to me that these were people who are willing to pour back into others to really think broadly, both the internal culture of the organization, as well as how they impact it externally. When we come back, Maureen will share what inclusion looks like when it's working well. If you had more time in your day, what would you do with it? Listening to podcasts might not be the first thing you think of. Maybe that's because you're thinking podcasts take too much time to listen to. But what if there were podcasts designed with your time in mind? Podcasts that spoke to you. Podcasts that you could listen to in short segments. We've put together podcasts exactly like that. The Quad Pod Network is coming soon. Check out QODPOD.com for more details. And we're back with Maureen Green-James. So when you're talking about how at FTI, this is really a top to bottom, laterally, everybody's all in, what are some kinds of things you can see in the future, like in your vision of, of how you're going to be able to influence this positive change, what inclusion looks like when it's working well? Yeah, so I think the biz- biggest example of that, Shannon, is really being um, flexible and agile around how do you engage in conversation with people? 
it's a simple thing to say to somebody, how are you doing? Or how are you feeling? Let's talk about that. And yet we don't necessarily do that. Now, to be fair, there are people, some people who just aren't comfortable with that. Totally understand, right? But for those of us who have some kind of comfort level with it, it's time for us to step even more further into that comfort level and just simply ask the question. You know, I think that that helps to break down um, perceived barriers and allows people to really gauge in conversation that they other, otherwise might not have. There may be things that I have never shared with anyone, probably because no one's ever asked me. If you ask, I just might be willing to share with you. You just might learn something. And more importantly, I might actually learn something from hearing your perspective on that. Right. So I think that's one of the ways in which we work to create an inclusive culture. And, you know, like I mentioned, you know, one of the things that we're, we're continuing to do is exactly that by having these dialogues and encouraging people to have these dialogues, which is phenomenal. Yes. I think the other piece is to... Um, really recognize that people grow and develop in their career and their experiences of that trajectory in very different ways. And so it's really important for all of us to be thinking about, okay, so this person is doing it a little differently, even if they are on the same track, mm -hmm. but then how do we bring them together so they can share experiences around how they're making that happen so that they can do it almost at the same pace and on the same track. Things such as um, mentoring programs, you know, mentoring programs don't necessarily always get a good wrap, you know, depending on how they're done. You know, we, we have to be really mindful of the fact that maybe it's not necessarily something that we have to create prescriptively, right? Maybe it should be something that is born organically. Um, the flip side to that is, you know, there's an opportunity to do things like group mentoring, something that we're currently, you know, piloting out. A few people working together with a leader to share experiences, best practices, um, and there's a learning that happens across all levels. There's even a learning for the person who's actually the mentor. So I mentioned those two things, right, about, you know, um, bringing people along in terms of helping them grow in their careers and then just having this simple conversation, how are you, how can I help you? Those are just two very simple things that you can do to start building that inclusion within an organization. What are other ways in which you've seen organizations and individuals benefit from generosity? Yeah, I think what, what organizations or people within organizations really gain from all of this is that um, you're building an inclusive network of people together who recognize the importance of authenticity. Mm. So we love to talk about, you know, people um, should be comfortable enough to bring their whole selves to work. And it's not so much about your whole self, but it's about bringing your authentic self. And you want to bring your authentic self so people learn more about who you are authentically, but also it makes you more comfortable in that space. Mm. So I, I think when, you know, you're thinking about the, the benefits of all of that, once you have authenticity across the board, you get other people on board, right? You get other people coming in and saying, you know, hey, you know, I've had a similar experience or I've done this. Can we, can we talk about this? How about we get together after work? 
I think that the authenticity is something that we don't necessarily talk about enough, but I think it's something that we're able to gain once we continue to step out of our comfort zones and have conversations with people and build relationships with people that we don't normally build relationships with, that we don't necessarily have in our uh, circles or our sphere of influence. Yeah, that's the magic, right? I mean, like, it's not about- It really is. Um, or just making sure- that you've got your boxes checked and your diversity and your population from yeah. like a pragmatic thing. It's more, it's more about the culture where you're invited to bring all of that in. And, and then I think sometimes people misunderstand what bring your full self to work means. Tell me more about what it is and what it isn't. You know, when I think about belonging and, you know, you, you, I think read the study on uh, belonging and uh, when I was at, cognizant with Microsoft. So what was great about that study was that it was really focused on the B word, right? It was focused on belonging, but it really took into consideration the components about having inclusion across the organization. Here's the thing, Shannon. All organizations are in the business of creating a product, service, something, and selling it to somebody else for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. In order to continue to capture the market in terms of the products and services that we are offering, those products and services actually have to be made with very different voices and perspectives. Because if not, then we're creating a product only or service only for like this individual in front of us. Exactly. As opposed to thinking about the broader population around the globe or whatever that client base looks like. And so if we're not building out inclusive teams, and if we're not making those inclusive teams, once we do build them out, feel like they belong, in other words, feel like they have a say, feel like their perspective matters, feel like they can, you know, share a point of view without being discounted. If we're not doing all of those things, we're never going to get to the point of creating the diverse products and services for our clients. And that's going to hurt bottom, the bottom line of organizations. And so we really got to be thinking about this. Everybody always says it's a business imperative. It is a business imperative. Absolutely. But even more than that, it's right. really the right thing to do. Yes. I was putting a program together with a group of people and I found it so interesting, the considerations they were having about the audience. And one person Mm -hmm. said, are we going to have closed caption on the event? That one contribution from somebody didn't occur to me to do that. And now it always will, right? Because it's like, how do we make sure that all abilities and all types of folks that are represented here can participate in this? The beauty of that is that that person who said, are we going to have closed captioned is probably not somebody who themselves need it, but they probably have a friend or a sister or a child who uses this on a regular basis and therefore is mindful of that experience with that individual and how they should bring that experience into what they're working on. What are some of the rewards that you've identified from being a contributor? That's a very interesting question. I don't know if I really think about them in terms of rewards other than it makes me feel good. You know, it makes me feel good to be a giver. And I don't need anything in return other than to see someone be successful or to see them soar, you know, to see them 
um, reach their full potential. Like to me, that that's enough. I end the day, you know, mentally exhausted, but then I always do like a mental recap of my day to see what happened, what did I miss, what could I have done better. I always do that I, every day. There's always this self-assessment every single day because I really do think that everybody's got to move forward and be better today than they were yesterday and they'd be better tomorrow than they were the day before. So in self-assessing, I'm always thinking about how could I have helped somebody in a different way or better, you know, and if I can figure that out and if I figure out that I actually have done that, that's my reward. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And, you know, I know one of your philosophies is that it starts at the top. Mm -hmm. Anything that you want to cascade, like that sense of belonging for every. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you see it working and where does it start and how does it grow? Yeah, I think it, you know, again, you know, certainly starts at the top, but then it really filters out across the business segments and then their teams. And so I really do think that if we're not seeing the things at the top being mirrored in a positive way throughout the organization, then we're losing a piece of this, right? And so then it almost becomes like it's just um, lip service. One of the things that I'm really enjoying here is that every day I have the opportunity to spend time with people who are leaders in this organization for whom this is not at all um, lip service. This is all about having a significant impact on our people internally and on society at large. You know, one of the things you talk about is believe mm -hmm. that we should keep climbing and stay humble. So that, like I guess that mm -hmm. balance and then paying it forward, which you mentioned. Can you say a little bit more about why those are so important to you? Yeah, paying it forward just for the obvious reasons, again, because you're not, you didn't get here by yourself. You know, and so it's really important that you are, you know, taking somebody along with you for the ride. And I don't care if that's one person, if it's 10 people, you know, you've got to be taking somebody forward. The other piece about, you know, keep climbing, but stay humble. So um, make sure you're doing all that you can and living up to your own personal full potential, whatever that looks like. Stay humble enough to know you're on a path. There's a reason you got here. You have to think about all of the things and all of the people who were a part of that tribe that got you there, yes. you didn't get there alone, right? And when I'm working on, you know, something that is really challenging me, do I think about, do I have to get out of this? Yes. But then when I get out of it, I always think, but there was a good lesson that was learned there. So I don't necessarily want to go back, but what I do want to do is remember the lesson so that I can use it to move forward. Thank you for being a light in the world, Maureen. Thank you. And I'm so, I so enjoyed this conversation. So thank you also for really thinking about, you know, return on generosity. Like even the name of your podcast says it all. Our OG takeaway tip to apply what we've learned in our own lives. As Maureen shared, no one gets here alone. I didn't get here on my own and neither did you. So who helped you get where you are today? Who opened the door for you? Let's identify some key players in your life right now. Focus on a network that you're a part of. It could be your current place of employment, faith congregation, friend group, board, volunteer organization. How did you find out about that organization? Who told you about it? If you found it on your own, who was really helpful in getting you connected? For me, 
One of my first clients ever is Comcast. And it all started because of Philemon Lopez. Philemon took a chance on me when I was new, green, and clumsy. And he knows how grateful I am. In fact, he's going to be a guest on this ROG podcast on January 19th, 2021. How about your person? Does that person know how grateful you are for them? Who can you help advance? How can you and I pay forward the generosity we've received? Think about it. Who could benefit from what you have to offer? What are your skills and strengths? It may be your day job or something that you get to do because people ask for help. What are some strengths that you have that may not be so obvious? Do you find it satisfying to take something that's a mess, a space, project, relationship, situation, maybe it's information, and make it easier, simpler, clearer? Do you like being the calm in the storm and the stabilizer in an emotionally and mentally turbulent situation? Or maybe you're the person who is really internal, notice everything and asks that million dollar question that changes the course of the conversation, initiative or investment. I don't know what your strengths are, but what I do know is you have some. None of us have all of the strengths possible and all of us have some. What are yours? Who could benefit from you sharing them? Choose a colleague, peer, neighbor, classmate, LinkedIn contact, friend, who could benefit from your willingness to pay it forward. Start small and see what happens. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.